The 2024 United Soccer Coaches Convention in Anaheim isn't just an event, it's an experience. Join us this year where we will feature some of the biggest names in soccer. Leonard Griffin from Calman Soccer, Carla Thompson of the San Diego Wave FC, Randy Waldrum, the head coach of the Nigeria Women's National Team, will all be in attendance, on top of many more. Engage in immersive field sessions that cover contemporary topics from transition tactics in modern play to the evolution of goalkeeper training. The business of soccer thrives within the exhibit hall where it showcases hundreds of international brands and the opportunity to network with industry leaders. If you use our special promo code FBS24, you will get the special price of $425. Prices will rise after December 13th. So join us in Anaheim in January. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Female Footballers Podcast. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Female Footballers Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Female Footballers Podcast. My name is Cassie Gray. I'm your host, and I'm so excited today because we are joined by one of our mentors, she is an NWSL 2022 champion, correct? Yes. <laughs> yeah. And she joined the Thorns, the Portland Thorns, um, back in 2021 for the Olympic national team, um, sort of when they were out for the Olympics. She kind of joined. She came back over from the international play here to the NWSL. She's one of our trusted mentors. We love her dearly. Welcome, Taylor Porter. Hi, Hello. thanks for having me. Happy to be back. It's been a while, but yeah, excited to catch up again. Yeah, so we have, we've had you on our podcast before, which is why I didn't do like a long intro. But at the same time, yeah. for those newer listeners, um, you want to give them a little bit of insight into how you got to where you are now as far as um, who you used to play for and now the Thorns. Just give them that little quick background. Yeah, so I played soccer at NC State. And then um, I graduated in 2019 and I was someone who actually didn't plan on playing soccer professionally, but once it came to my last game, I didn't want to give it up quite yet. So I thought, you know, let's just give it a shot. And I had an opportunity to play at Orlando um, for the last World Cup uh, as a World Cup replacement player. Um, and that was a great experience. And then I went abroad and I played in Serbia for five months where I got to play in Champions League, which was an amazing experience. And through those Champions League games, um, a Spanish team scouted me. So I was able to play in Spain for a year and a half, which was during COVID. So that was an interesting experience. Um, That's when we met you, right? We kind yeah, of met exactly. around that time. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So I've been with you guys since like, yeah, 2020 or 2021. I can't remember exactly. But yeah, so 2021. Um, and then during that summer, I came back and... The Thorns kind of opportunity came up randomly um, and I was just a Olympic yeah, replacement player and luckily I was able to stay since then. I was able to prove myself to stay longer and I've been there since. So here we are. You've been killing years, like, it there. Like, you've <laughs> had you. a great, amazing, we've been watching you from afar. It's been so great to see, you know, during that time, you know, it was awesome. But then the last year has been so cool to watch you. So how has the last, I mean, I guess you could lump in 2022. I know that mm -hmm. last fall, so fall of 2022, was a rough time at the Thorns as far as everything that was going on behind the scenes. 
yeah. in the world of NWSL. Um, yeah. I know you were there for some of that, but then this season, you guys had a good season. So give us a little bit about your past two seasons with them. Yeah, no, it's definitely been, I think, especially because when I was um, first came to the team, it was a different coach and then I had a new coach in 2022 and then we have a new coach in 2023. So that's always an adjustment, um, having a different coach every year. But I think one thing was the group of girls have made it. Luckily, we've been we've stayed the same kind of to its core. And I think that's what's been able to get through this time of like coach transition. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, having especially because Mark was a coach for a long time, he was very successful. And then for Rian to come in and she did an amazing job and for us to come out as a championship team, I think was just like really impressive on her part. And then also as like a team as well, just working together to make that happen. Um, yeah, I think that was like a really, really, really fun year. Um, it was my first time like getting to a championship because even to like back in college, like I've always made the tournament for NCAAs, but like never got past the sweet 16. And I know some other players in the league obviously have, and there are champions, but this was the first time I could actually experience that. So that was just like really fun and having my parents there. And it was actually coincidentally on my birthday. So it was kind of like always one of those things where it was like, I remember literally in like preseason, I was like, you guys, the championship is on my birthday this year. We have to make it. And so like when it came down to it, I was like, okay, you guys, we got it. Like this is it. Like, and so that'll always be like something I'll always like carry with me um, a ring and also it being on my birthday. So yeah, that's got to be your high. That was going to be my next question was the high low cheer. So high being like, best experience of the last two years with the thorns the low kind of being the hardest and cheer being like the people around you who who do you feel like lifts you up the most but you're high like what a high like your yeah first year and a half or year with them you win a national championship that's amazing on your birthday is just yeah icing on the cake that's so cool yeah definitely and it, it was a great and especially with like the league and like I think Ally was a sponsor able to like fly families out and like accommodate them so it was really nice for like since it happens so quickly in last minute, if you make the championship, some things happen so quickly behind the scenes for them to be able to come out was like really great um, without like to their expense. So it was yeah, really good cool. for them to be there. I didn't yeah. know that they did that. That's really cool that they provide that. And they, I know this year there's been a lot of talk with it being a few weeks ago, the championship, um, the growth, even just from 2022 to 2023 with the championship weekend, kind of, were there a lot? I mean, you probably couldn't participate in a lot of the events as one of the teams in it, but was it, did it feel pretty professional compared to what you had expected or? Yeah. Yeah. I definitely think there were, I mean, especially we have so many great sponsors around the championship. Um, I know last year it was like Budweiser this year it was Bud Light. And then there's also just women's sports. So like so many things, um, like sponsors help these championships happen. So this year we didn't make obviously the championship, but I do know that they had great like parties and like promotion around the championship to, you know, draw more attention. And also I think like reward the players. So a lot of players were able to go to these, you know, celebrations. And I think that's amazing for them to like reward these players for such a really long season. Cause I mean, the season, people are showing up to preseason in like end of January and then we're going until like November. So it's a really long year. So it's nice for people from other teams to come together and kind of celebrate and, um, and prepare to watch an amazing final. So that's also really great. I think there's definitely been a big jump between the two years with that. And hopefully yeah. the next year um, it'll be even better and better. So 
Yeah, totally. So this past season, after coming kind of down from the high of winning, how was 2023? And like you said, it's a long season. So I mean, mm-hmm. those of you playing college soccer listening, like you this, that's nothing compared to the <laughs> result, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think what's interesting with like college is like, it is shorter, but I understand you play like two games a week. So it can be different. But even like, we're playing one game a week, but it's like so many games and for so many months. So it's just like, I think there's always like, a high when you start the season everybody's excited and then there's definitely like middle of season it's you see like fatigue starts to set in and then it really so there's always like a lot of ups and downs throughout a season um I think this is I think that showed a lot with our team was just like our fatigue and kind of inconsistency with that and I just think so it was I think a rough year with that was like we've had amazing performances and then there's been some where we just like fall flat I think just with like I think we've had a really rough year travel wise and that took a big hit on us too. So I think um, that was hard as well. So it's just like, yeah, a lot of these things come into play that I don't think people realize, especially with like college. Now I know a lot of teams charter and that's, we don't charter and you know, Mm -hmm. a lot of the teams don't, I know there are some that do, but like, so we're traveling, you know, coach, we're at the airports. We're traveling. Sometimes we're on like 10 day trips because we have to go to Orlando and then we're going to Chicago and we're in a hotel for a really long time. And you know, so it's things like that. And sometimes training conditions aren't the same or great. So it's like so many factors come into that. So I think that was, I think, hard for us this year was the travel. This is probably the ha- hardest year travel wise for us. We've had a lot of long trips. Um, and yeah, just with like the fatigue of a long season. And then there was Challenge Cup and World Cup um, in the middle of the year. So I think a lot of things came our way. But we're always a team that we're like, you know, we always go head on we're facing adversity so um I think the effort was there for us and unfortunately we just kind of fell short for both the shield and for the championship I know I think we deserved at least one of them and it's unfortunate that we weren't able to get one of those wins for us yeah I mean you guys have an amazing team I was I was bummed to see that as well but like you said it it is grueling it's a grueling schedule grueling travel um and, you know, I, I, I do think, though, that so would you say that's kind of the low is just like the travel and the the moments of fatigue. And I do think that's very mental, right? You know, female footballers were focused on yeah. skills training. That's a huge mm-hmm. piece of this, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think this year more than anything has taught me how much how important it is to have like your team culture to be very strong. And that's something that like on every team I've ever been on we really hone on like really wanting to have a strong team culture because when things are going not going well or like when you're on those long travel trips and you're having being with a roommate for 11 days you're eating every meal together you're hanging you know it is a hard being with your team 24 7 for those long trips sometimes you know it's just like and you're tired you're fatigued you're away from family you you know and so I, I get it can be very stressful for some people so I think focusing on what you need as a player to be successful individually, but also like as a team, like finding a way to come together meaningfully and like having a strong team culture is really important. Um, in those times where things don't go very well. Yeah. And I mean, you have some like names on your team that are, um, you know, I mean, Christine Sinclair has been around. I, I Mm -hmm. played against her. That's, I mean, Mm -hmm. I'm close in age to her and, and uh, Becky Sauron and and Crystal Dunn, you have some girls that were in and out probably a lot too with the Mm -hmm. World cup. And so, that's also got to be really hard with those types of players coming in and out for a month at a time with the world cup. Right. So, um, and then injury, obviously, like I know injury plays a huge role in such a long season. Yeah. Um, but 
does that add to team culture issues at all? Yeah, I mean, I know it's hard. I mean, it's like anything, if you're in and out a lot, it's hard to stay connected. Um, but I think everyone tries to do the best of their bandwidth to do that. Like, I think everybody's very individual with that, but I know it's really, and especially like, we're always rooting for them from afar. Like when they're in the World Cup, we were like, we were having our um, little watch parties together, watching their games, like all rooting for them, even like getting up early or late, staying up late to watch like Japan for Hina and things like that. So I, we always try and come together the best way we can to support them because I know it's very hard on them as well. Just I can't even imagine with the travel they have to do and going in and out and they don't have as much rest as we do. And so, um, yeah, it's definitely, it's just like, figuring out what people need individually because everybody's different and so but I know I know by the end of the season it's it's really hard especially for them it's just like so much travel and fatigue and um having to show up and perform every day so it's just yeah yeah, but it's definitely individual like what do you need individually I think that's kind of like what comes down to it and having those conversations to be like what do you need from me it's like to support you and vice versa who are the the players um on your team that you feel most supported by that would be like your cheer. Who are the people that you hang out with who you, um, you know, it's kind of easy that add to Mm -hmm. that positive team culture. Yeah. I think we have a good balance of like, you know, you, you have high minute players that are like supportive and like have kind of like that natural leader role. And then you also have people who maybe aren't as high minutes that also carry such a great and a good aspect of team culture. So like, the people that I hang out with the most, I, I'm really good friends with Tegan McGrady. Um, and she played, you know, she's also a champion from Washington and then she played at San Diego and is here. So um, she's become one of my really good friends. Uh, and then Hannah Batfer, she's, she's definitely like the goofball of the team. I think she's like the person that like, will no matter what day it is, she'll crack a joke and like everybody. Yeah. She just lightens the mood. And so um and then one of my first friends I met um, on the team or like made, I would say is Natalia Quica. She's Finnish. Um, she actually, I think she just won the best Finnish player um, this year. Awesome. So she, she's an amazing player. So underrated and underappreciated. And yeah, so I, I love her so much because she's quiet too. So I, I think people kind of forget about her sometimes, but she's, she's an amazing human being. So those are, I would say those are like my closest friends with the team and um and then just like, I, but everybody brings their little thing that makes the team better. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, just like I th- Becky Sauerbronn, she's just kind of like that. I don't want to say quiet, but just more like silent leader of like, just through example and just kind of like her presence of like calm, composed, and just like leads the team through just kind of like, yeah, just her composure um, and just her experience. Was she still able to do that with her injury this summer? Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know that was like a really frustrating injury. Um, But I think she she was able to take on a different role, I guess, still doing trying to lead in her own way, but maybe from, you know, instead of being on the field. And so yeah, I definitely think that didn't change much between like her always being someone where you can go to for advice. She's kind of like that person where she's like, I really need just like someone to talk to. Um, And yeah. So I think everybody has their own little aspect that they add to this team where you can be like, okay, this is what I'm meeting. I can go to this person or anything like that. I love that. I love that the individual sides of everyone kind of come out and support each other. And you have, I feel like a whole other life outside of soccer and hobby mm-hmm. that 
hopefully our followers already know about because they <laughs> follow you too, but you're an avid reader and I love yeah. following how much you read. And I would assume that there's got to be some other players that share in your affinity for reading. Is there anybody on the team that, that you go to bookstores yeah. with or you are in a book club? I don't know. Any yeah, that? no, definitely. And it's funny. I picked up reading last like, April and I was literally it was Verity by Colleen Hoover where I was like I feel like I want to start reading and I read that and I was hooked I literally after reading that book I bought a Kindle and everything just kind of and then I just started reading nonstop. and it's funny because I would say Sophia Smith she was like the first person on the team who kind of like was like well actually not true Becky and Kling read a lot but like Soph was just someone who was like reading in the locker room sometimes and things like that where I was like damn I wish I was like that and then um so I was talking to her more and she was the one who was like reading Colleen Hoover and stuff like that so that's when I kind of got into it and so now I feel like um a lot more people are starting to read and I was so happy about it because I was like um able to get you know, so into fantasy because she was kind of hesitant about getting into fantasy. And I was like, just try this, just try this. And then she loved it. Same with like Kelly Hubley. Olivia, I, I'm i going to take credit on taking Olivia under my wing for reading because she was trying to get into reading and she was asking what to read. And I gave her some recs. And so she read all Sarah Jane Mass. She was like all about Akatar, Throne of Glass and all those books. And she was texting me. She was like, oh my God, Taylor, I can't believe this is happening. And we would have phone calls. We finished books. Like that just happened with like this new book that came out two weeks ago. She called me the second I finished and we're like, oh my God. Like, so I, I, I'm so, and we still are texting like throughout this break, just being like, did you read this? This is what happened. What are you reading? So it's been great to see her kind of like get into that. So it's, yeah, I definitely feel, and then a lot of other girls have started to like, okay, let me dabble in this. Let me dabble in that. Cause I'm like, we have a lot of free time. So, and especially being in Portland, it rains a lot. So sometimes we don't want to be out and about, but if you want to go to a coffee shop or things like that and just have a little book and read with you. So that's been a really fun thing too. That is so fun. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and I love, well, and so to back up a little bit, I love that our first time meeting, or no, I'm sorry, first time we started our podcast, we had a whole conversation about Olivia Moultrie because she had just joined the league. And I love that you're, and we, you had even chimed in on like how we all felt about it. And we Mm -hmm. all were like in her corner, you know, supporting her, but also like, well, this is the first time this has happened, blah, blah, blah. And I Mm -hmm. love that um, you're now like taking her under your wing and helping her become more of a reader and I love that this whole book club vibe of your team has to help that culture, right? It's something Mm -hmm. you can talk about outside of the sport. It it brings everybody together in a certain Mm -hmm. way. Is there anyone that likes other types of books? Like, does does everybody like, I know you're a huge fantasy reader, but is anybody outside of fantasy, like, more nonfiction, more... um, Yeah. yeah. No, definitely. I I would say... From just my knowledge, I don't know. I know um, Kling is a big like nonfiction reader. I mean, she loves fantasy. She's all about fantasy, but she's also someone where like, I know she has like a fantasy book she's reading and then maybe like, you know, some sort of nonfiction book she's reading at the same time or something like that. So um, yeah, I mean, there's definitely people that like to read nonfiction. I think, especially, I think sometimes for at least us, maybe not as much. A lot of us have really liked the fiction side of it. I've just like, maybe finding more of like 
an escape, a nice little fun escape rather than like always self-improvement because then it's like, okay, yeah, that's nice to be able to like want to do that. But we, I think it's more of actually like a leisure thing than always being like, okay, I'm going to try and like self-improve all the time. <laughs> that, that's actually exactly what I was hoping your answer was going to be because I, I think that that's um, pinpointing an area that we see at female footballers where girls are being pushed to self-improve on every aspect of their game at all times mm -hmm. and I think we're always pushing self-care and for some people they think that's sitting in a bathtub with cucumbers in your eyes and that's <laughs> not what we're saying we're saying find yeah. other hobbies that you're interested in that are kind of a, an emotional and mental release and escape from the game a little bit because yeah. oftentimes leaving it aside for a second and not always self-improving every five seconds can actually help your game in general like for your team mm -hmm. it's, it's showing that you know, you can connect on other things outside of soccer that's only yes. going to help you on the field and in the locker room and all those moments, right? So mm -hmm. I love that. I actually love that you guys choose fiction. And I think like anyone listening who's a player, hopefully you take that away from this conversation is you do need things outside of the game that aren't always about self-improvement and, yeah. and that it actually in turn will probably still improve your yeah. game and your mentality. Yeah, no, I think that's like something a lot of us are still learning and I think eventually learn at least is that like soccer's always been kind of our whole life and I think coming into this professional world I've learned that like it can't be my whole life though because there are times where soccer isn't going well and it dictated too much how I felt about myself in my life to where I was like I need to start finding other ways to fill my cup because at the end of the day I'm I am more than an athlete I'm more than a soccer player this is just my job and what I do but it's not every aspect of me so now I feel a lot better being like yeah I'm an avid book reader I've gotten into like painting and I love to paint I like doing I'm horrible at pottery but I don't mind doing it um or just like I like to go on you know so I think it's just like nice being able to be like no like yeah this is my job I play soccer I train in the morning and I have games on the weekend you know it's just kind of like this something I do and but these other aspects of me that I'm starting to figure out more about like myself being like, oh, I really like doing this. I don't feel guilty if like on my day off, I'm spending six hours diving into a book on my couch all cozy with like, you know, a cup of tea or a cup of coffee, you know, or with my friends and painting. We've done really fun, like little painting, goofy painting sessions or a sip and paint and things like that. So I think it's been fun being able to experience that with some of my teammates and myself to learn more of myself outside of my sport. Oh, I love that. That's like such an important message for, for younger players to understand and to learn from, um, which also leads me into like your off season. So now you're in off season, like what does an NWSL player do in their off season? Mm -hmm. And like you said, you had time throughout season because there was a lot of downtime through travel mm -hmm. and stuff like that. So reading is a great avenue, but now that you have full days, what does that look like for you? What is a typical day or week or, or I know you have about a month and a half, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. So it's important to take time off. And so that's something that like, I make sure I don't touch a ball. I'm like, no, I'm letting, cause you've been going for 11 months. Like you need your body to rest. Um, so, but it's also finding other ways, like maybe some like yoga or things like that, where it's like, you can still move your body, go on walks. And so um, it's nice going on walks with like, my dad or my mom like downtown by the water and just you know finding different ways to exercise without having it to be so high intensity um I think what's really important for me during the off season is spending time with family because during the season we're very limited with that we don't have a lot of time off um to be able to see family as much as we would like to so 
I try and just spend as much time as I can with my immediate family and extended family. Um, and one thing is also, I really like trying to learn new things in the off season. So last year I did an internship with Budweiser and was able to learn more about sports marketing. And then I'm working on possibly doing another internship. Um, still kind of revolving around sport, but just trying to figure out new things about eventually once I'm done with soccer, what do I want to do? So it's fun being able to learn something new, um, to also kind of fill my day a little bit. And yeah, so it's just kind of like still doing my hobbies, spending time with family and learning something new. I think that's so smart. I think, um, you know, my husband played in MLS for eight years and I, I think a lot of professional athletes are so deep in the sport that they don't always think about what's next and what comes after. And as, as soccer players, we're limited to a time frame that we can only play for so long. And so to get experience in these moments and to, mm -hmm. to learn about yourself and what you're interested in and get a, something to put on a resume so that, you know, when you're done someday, you, you have an idea. Cause I think that transition can be really hard for some people The the deeper that a player identifies as a soccer player, and their whole identity is wrapped around that. It's almost a harder transition after it's gone. Yeah. And so the more I, I just love to hear how balanced you sound with not just hobbies, but interests and um, just knowing that your body needs rest, taking time off. I think that's a message nobody ever hears. And they're often listening to coaches who haven't experienced the game at your level. So to hear from mm -hmm. somebody at your level that that's important is, is a really big message. So I hope that people are taking that away from it. Um, so what's the plan, uh, you know, next year, like, what are your goals for your next season? What are you hoping for? Um, yeah. you know, how do you train and get started for another season? Yeah. So yeah, I'm definitely in my, my, like taking time off phase. I am like working out very lightly, kind of starting to get back into it a little bit. Um, but it's just kind of, it is one of those hard times of years where sometimes you're like preparing for the unknown. I am a restricted free agent this year and my contract is at the end of its term. So it's like, I could be with Portland. I could be with another team. And a lot of those things don't get decided until later on. It's always the off seasons, always crazy behind the scenes in the NWSL. So many things are happening that people don't see or know about. Um, and so. Can you explain what a restricted free agent is for people who might not know what that yeah. is? Yeah. So after a certain amount of years, you can be a restricted free agent or a free agent. So restricted means that I'm just going to use my situation as an example is so I'm with Portland, I'm a restricted free agent. So let's say another team wanted me, they can offer me a contract. And Portland can either give me a higher contract, or I can go with that other team, because it's all about players rights. And so you're you have up to two. So two teams or two offers can be made to the player and the team that has my rights, which would be Portland can has to up the contract or let me go. And then for free agents, they're free to go wherever they want. It doesn't matter who, what team they have. So we have a lot of free agents on our team right now. And so they have the right to get, receive any offers from everybody and go wherever they want. And it doesn't really matter um, about what the team that has their rights currently. So um, that's what makes this year, especially because I think this is our second year with free agency um, ever since our CBA. So last year was definitely like our first time experiencing it. But this year, there's even more free agents and there's big name free agents like just on my team. Like there's Becky Sabron, Clean, Crystal, like all these big names and in the league. And um, and like I think Rose LaBelle is one. Yeah. So it's just it'll be interesting to see how that actually goes this year because there are some big names. Um, so that 
goes into play. There's free agency, restricted free agency. There's normal trades. We have expansion teams. So it's definitely, we have teams without coaches. We have, you know, a new ownership. So it's just a lot of things go behind the scenes that I don't think people realize. There's a lot of talks with agents, with clubs, with GMs. And so it can be a very stressful time of year for people. And I think, and I think it's, it's out of your control. I think that's what I try and tell myself and others. Like I I've done what I had to do to play. And it's kind of like, I'm a firm believer of things happen for a reason. And so it's in, it's in the universe right now. So it's just kind of like letting things play. And if that means a player stays with where they're at or move on, like that's just kind of, you know, it's, we'll see what happens. So it's just kind of staying present um, and not focusing too much on the future. Cause you just don't know what's going to happen yet. That's such a great outlook. And I think that is the hardest part. And I think people don't realize that a trade or a free agency or any of these types of things is it's life altering. And I think that's why it it holds a lot of stress and people from the outside who are just watching all this happen, they don't realize what that means. And for some of these players there, they have children, they have families, they have to sell homes. They, I mean, I was in that boat every time my husband got traded, I, you know, he's gone the next day and I'm left to pack up the house and do all mm-hmm. those things. And I think that it's, it's really, it's, there's a lot of stress. And so mm-hmm. to have the mindset of it's out of my control, I need to stay in the present moment and control what I can control and just focus on right now is such a healthy place to be and so needed because it's a lot of wasted energy if we're focused yeah. on the what ifs, right? And I think yeah. as soccer players, we're always focused on what's next, what's next, what's next. like we're programmed to yeah. know what's next or to try to have a piece of control over what's next. And we just can't a lot of time. Yeah. And this is, this reminds me this off seasons in, in the pro level, if, if I could equate it to anything, it kind of reminds me of like junior and senior year high school for girls who are trying to get recruited. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're listening and you're trying to get recruited, it's that feeling, but it's like three months of it as the most intense feeling, right. Of just like not knowing where you're going to be. And even, you know, I think that NWSL and MLS now are a much better once you're in a place of, of just uprooting. It used to be much scarier. You could be uprooted anytime. Mm-hmm. Right. But these moments, it, it does probably bring you back to those feelings of like um, the recruiting trips and talking to coaches. And um, it's just the unknown, that feeling just is unsettling. Right. But yeah. Um, so I think having all these hobbies and these things that you do in the off season are really there to provide that present moment feeling and that ability yeah. to like disassociate from all the noise that's around yeah. you and being home, I'm sure helps too, right? You're home in San Diego. Yeah. yeah, no, it's definitely like, I think having the support system I have and knowing that, and it's just all about perspective. And even from being a young player, like you said, being recruited for college, I was on one of the best teams in the country. I had players, all every single player on my team played division one. We had players that went to big teams. And I was actually, I think like the second to last player to commit to a college. I was one of the last ones to do it. And so I know that was very stressful for me, but like, and I had these other schools that were interested. Um, and then one last minute fell into my lap and that was NC state. And I was, and to know that like, if I was maybe letting anxiety take over and maybe commit to a team that was like, okay, yeah, I'll go here, but maybe wasn't the best fit. And something actually came better in the end. And I think having that patience and trust in kind of the process and allowed me to go to an amazing team, an amazing program, get my degree. And that essentially led me to where I am now, which is being able to play professionally. So I think it's just having 
kind of the patience and the trust in that things will happen the way it's supposed to. And I think carrying that into now, because I used to let, like, I would be an anxious mess and let it cripple me in the off season. And I think taking a step backwards, like, oh my God, like I literally, whether I stress over this is not going to change the result. And so being able to kind of take a step back, be present, being like, I'm going to control what I can control, which is taking care of my body and taking care of my mental health through, through what I need to do. And at the end of the day, I was like, what is the worst case scenario? I'm teamless, but I have a home. I have a family. I have a savings account. I can get a, you know, it's just kind of like taking things into perspective of like, it seemed like such the end of the world or like a failure that like, if a team didn't pick me up, but like knowing I was like, honestly, like, okay, like, it's okay. Like, am I, am I going to look back on this in 20 years and be like, yeah, that was such a defining moment of I was such a failure. It's like, no, I literally didn't get picked up or whatever. Something didn't happen the way I wanted to. And, but it happened for a reason. And I, I'm like, definitely a firm believer of that of like, it, I'm all about timing. And so, yeah, I think it's just, I've learned, and this is, I would say, the first off season or maybe second off season, I would say last season, I put it into practice. But this year, I feel like I've really like taking note on the mental side of just letting things be things will happen the way it's supposed to happen. And I'm going to troll what I can control. And that's taking care of my body, taking care of my mental health and being with family. And that's what I know. I won't regret taking care of myself at the end of the day, than killing myself with anxiety and overworking my body. And then it not working out for me or whatever, you know, I think I'll never regret being with my family or taking care of myself at the end of the day. This is such a refreshing outlook and conversation. (laughs) I hope that so many of the players listening understand that this is so important, that that balance, the, the hobbies, the interests, the, the really diving into time with yourself and a break from the sport can really benefit. And that, you know, the more that you dive into those self-care routines and things that bring you joy, the more you're going to not, you know, worry so much about where you end up. And, mm-hmm. and I agree with you. I think that, you know, there's always the silver lining in every situation. And I think that, I think you're going to end up in an amazing place. And I can't wait to hear about where, and we'll have to have you on again in a few months just to see where you do end up and how it's going and all that. I think it'd be really cool. And um, thank you so much for like talking to us. It's been a while and I yeah. love getting to like update on how you're doing, especially this past year and a half. And mm-hmm. uh, for those um, listening, I hope that you guys took some great points from this conversation because I think that Taylor always has some awesome insight, which is why we love having her as a mentor. Um, any last thoughts, anything that you want to share? No, I, I, I thank you for having me on here again. I know it's been a while since the last conversation. Um, but I just hope that people use the resources that they have like female footballers to be able to work on the mental side, starting at a young age and just getting that proper perspective and lessons to learn now that'll help you not just as an athlete, but like as a person later on. So thanks for having me on here. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming. We love having you. Um, You guys definitely check out uh, Taylor on Instagram. She has, she always shares some awesome books that she's reading. You can um, follow for some really good fantasy books if you're interested, (laughs) um, if that's your genre. And um, thank you so much. We look forward to talking to you again soon. Those of you listening, we do have a winter mentorship program that starts January 15th to February 25th, six weeks, virtual one-on-one mentorship with a pro or college athlete at certain levels, either their former or current. 
You get to Zoom one, one on one each week and work on these types of skills and have these types of conversations that we had with Taylor today. So we really, really enjoyed talking to you. Thank you so much. And we will hopefully get to catch up soon. Yeah, thanks.